Jim Mars writes a book called The Fourth Reich, in which he lays out the very plausible scenario that Germany, they lost uh, the war technically, but you know a lot of the most powerful people from that organization were never held accountable. But the, the real people, the real perpetrators, the real connected guys uh, were worth more alive than dead, frankly. The Emperor is dead. So what happens now? We retaliate, Commander. Operation Cinder is the last command of our Emperor and the first step in securing our future. We also have to look at the future, and it's now a historical moment, a crucial moment, to rebuild the future. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again with a K. Now on to the show. This episode is titled First Order, Fourth Reich, with Charlie Robinson from the Macroaggressions Podcast. All right, welcome to Conspiracy in the Force. My name is Conspiracy Kyle. Um, on this episode, I have a very special guest with me. I have Mr. Charlie Robinson, host of the Macroaggressions podcast, uh, one of my favorite podcasts and one of the best podcasts out there, I would say. So, uh, Charlie, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm really good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to geek out with you about this stuff. This is so right up my alley. I love it. And and I, and I, I think that what you're doing with the show is is so creative and so uh and there's nobody doing it and and, right. and yet there's so much there's so much good content there too i'm just excited so <laughs> I, well I, I appreciate that you know sometimes i think like damn did i did i pigeonhole myself by by going down this 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 niche but at the same time like you said like i don't think anybody else is doing these specific parallels so it's kind of a a good little niche within a niche, I guess. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of, I mean, you get the feeling when you look like as a kid, when you watch star Wars movies, you get one version of it when you're an adult and you watch them, you get a different, it's like watching a different movie and you get the feeling that these guys that wrote it, you know, that produced it and had the ideas for it, you know, where did they get their inspiration for, for some of this? Well, they've used right. some, some, some storylines that have been, uh, you know, out and, you know, years and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, these same storylines have existed and they've repurposed them in our modern times and, and it works. And so I, I think that it's, uh, 
I just think that you you may never run out of content because what <laughs> we see right now, I mean, if we right. if we can acknowledge and recognize that what we see right now is the empire being built all around <laughs> us, like I, I don't know what to yes. tell people, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, there's many different iterations. And I think what we're going to get into is kind of like a, a second iteration, you know, that we've seen in recent movies. So before we get into all that and, and talk about all of our great friends, you know, at the World Economic Forum and in those in those douchebags, um, for those who, who don't know you, and, and if anybody out there listening and watching doesn't know who Charlie is, for one, shame on you. And for two, get with it. Um, so if you can just give a little bit of an, uh, background about yourself, um, you know, what you do, et cetera. Sure. Um, I am a, well, I work in real estate, actually. That's, that's been my job for the last two decades. But, but through that, I got exposed to some of the um, fraud that was happening. And, and I got exposed to the, the idea, the concept of, of debt as a weapon. And, uh, and that woke me up to a lot of what was going on with like the world, or the, uh, um, the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund and these things. And I started thinking, gosh, you know, these, these organizations are scams and they're, they're being used to enslave humanity. And it started me down this path. And I wound up writing my first book in 2017 called The Octopus of Global Control. And then I put out my second book with Jeff Berwick in October of 2020 called The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. And in between writing those two books, I started my podcast, Macroaggression. So I've been doing, you know, it's been a bit of a, a journey for me to sort of figure out. Um, I, I, I came from, from real estate where I just wanted to figure out the scam. I wanted to just understand how they were doing it, why they were doing it, and, and all of that. And once I was able to to understand, you know, get a better idea of how they're, they're pulling this off, then... Um, it made me think, well, if this is a scam, what else is a scam? And I started to dig into it and it led me down this path uh, towards, towards writing books and, uh, and doing podcasts, which I enjoy a whole lot more than real estate, to be honest. But, but, right. um, uh, but you know, you got to have that. I, I sort of have to have the other, the other job because they're making it increasingly more difficult for us to get our content out and for it to be shared and, and, and spread uh, organically. So so it, it, for me, it's just, uh, it's just like a puzzle we're trying, I'm trying to figure out, you know, trying to figure out how all these people work together and how this is laid out. And if we can figure out this big puzzle, then maybe we can do something to, uh, to stop these maniacs from trying to take over the world. Right. Yeah. And that that's, I think that's very important. I think, you know, a lot of people that either have believed uh, some of these truths about what's going on in the world or have just kind of awakened to this over the past year or so. I mean, how, how can you not, you know, with, with every, every crazy thing that's been happening, but what I appreciate about your podcast is you kind of lay it out to everybody in kind of an easy to digest format, easy to digest um, way of, of describing who these people are. And I think, and you bring a lot of historical facts into it as well, which is why I wanted you to come on, on this, talk about some, some history as far as, you know, Nazi Germany and, and kind of where we are today. So I, I think that a lot of people need to know that context to, to know where we're, where we're going, because uh, this, this stuff repeats itself over and over and it changes slightly, but, but some of the same principles and people in philosophies are still behind the scenes doing the same shit 40 years ago, 50 years ago, hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see, um, patterns reemerge you'll see you know like we we'd always had this 
you know, the conversations. Well, if I was alive during World War II, you know, I would have never joined the Nazi party. I mean, that's crazy. I would have stood up to these people. I would have never done that. And you go, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I, I hear you. But then now we had what happened last year in 2020. And you see how, how quickly people were calling the police to report that their neighbor had too many cars in the parking lot over Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And it's like, you would have mm-hmm. been a Nazi. You would have been goose stepping like the rest of them. I mean, let's, right. so, so these, these ideas, these uh, concepts of people that come, to, especially in politics, people that come to power, they say certain things, they try and demonize a certain group. And uh, these are not original concepts. These are recycled right. concepts. And what we, what we get good at doing, if you study enough history, is you start recognizing these patterns that happen over and over again. So when you see something like, like a Joe Biden, you know, coming, coming along and, 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 and the rise of Antifa and all these people saying, well, Antifa's, you know, they're gonna, they're, they're, they're coming to, to, you know, uh, they're coming to, to destroy the, the, the conservative groups and the right and all that stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. If you understand history, what's going to happen to Antifa is they're the brown shirts, like in yep. Nazi Germany. They will be brought up uh, to create chaos and havoc and do all that stuff as they were in, in Germany. And then as Hitler knew, he grew a parallel organization on the side that the SS and quietly built them up. And then when the time was right, he told the SS to murder the brown shirts and they wiped them all out. So, exactly. you know, so, so people like, you know, the guys in Antifa, they're like, we're revolutionaries. It's like, no, you're, you're just about to get slaughtered and you don't even know it because you don't understand your history. So when a guy like George Lucas comes out and creates the, the concepts for, for star Wars and, and this, this whole Epic series, you know, he borrowed from Roman mythology and Greek mythology and just in, in you know, what happened in the, in the Nazi, uh, you know, how mm. the Nazis came to power. It's all, it all, it's all, it, the, it's it, all there. It's all there. And it's, and it's fascinating, not an, you know, obviously it's graphic and horrible what, what happened, but it's, it's fascinating that you can study it. And what, what cr- makes me so, I'm so surprised is that Whenever it comes out, you know, whenever it comes onto the scene, it always feels like a, a brand new idea, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not a brand right. new idea. And, and these people that are out there um, LARPing as revolutionary morons, they, they, if they understood their history, they would see that they are on the, on the global chessboard. They are just pawns getting moved yep. around and used for a much bigger play that they can't uh that they can't even figure out and you and you definitely uh, see that play out in in the end of the star wars prequels as the empire is starting to come to power um <laughs> the emperor basically does exactly what you said about the brown shirts and the ss uh the brown shirts he had this whole industrial group called the trade federation that had been backing him in this fictitious war he created and what happens at the very end? Well, he sends Darth Vader, his SS now, to wipe them out, yeah. right? And it's, it's a very direct parallel because, yeah, he was a huge World War II buff and, and knew about how all this, these machinations work. So it, it, in, the, in the movie, and honestly, when I saw that when I was a kid growing up, you don't think anything of it, mm-hmm. right? But then once you learn more about history, once you watch, um, I, I, forget, I forget his name, but the, the KGB defector that did that You're great interview. Off. Yuri Bezmenov, he did that great interview in the 80s talking about the four stages of, of communist governments coming into power. And then you're like, holy shit, I see that in our world today. And holy shit, I see this in all the 
cinema and, and pop culture watching. Yeah, and and George Lucas was having a hard time uh, with Star Wars trying to get the pacing right for the um, the when they're in the Millennium Falcon and um, and Han is up and and Luke is down and they're shooting at Tie Fighters that he was having, he couldn't get it matched right. And so what he wound up doing from what I read was he wound up pulling up old World War II footage of the tail runners that were, that were doing, and he was projecting that onto the screen so that the actors would have that sort of pacing to see, you know, things happening really fast and trying to catch up with them and, and all of that. So he, he, he was, he was very much a a World War II buff, not just in the storyline, but in also having to sort of try and make it look like real life. Right. And, you know, and thinking about that, too, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people, and you probably know a lot of people like, oh, I love World War II. I love all that stuff. It, it's kind of a weird thing to be passionate about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in retrospect, based on what's really happening, especially things like the Vietnam War, which we know is based off a bunch of of bullshit. To, you know, it, so I always just think that I started to think that's kind of funny is like, oh, man, I'm really into war movies and stuff it's like, well, but but what's really it, it shouldn't really be glamorized, you know, but Hollywood makes millions off it. The the military industrial complex makes millions off it. It's a, it's a big business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big business. It's a big, it's a big war is a big business. The, the glorification of war through the media is a big business and, and, and an integral part of it as well. The propaganda uh, department. I mean, that the department of defense has an office in Hollywood. And, and if you're going to use their, um, if you want to use their aircraft carriers for your movies or things like that, they get final script approval. So there is a lot right. of, uh, there's a lot of propaganda that happens through these through these movies um, right. to glorify not just war but gl- glorify the Amer- America's role in in these wars. You know, we're always sort of the good guy, hurt locker, and all that stuff. So it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty disgusting, but it's also kind of a symptom of our society. You know, our society mm-hmm. has been a bit disgusting lately with. Uh, you know, with the way that they uh, glorify things that 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 have little value at the expense of things that should be uh, promoted. But that's right. a, that's a topic for another <laughs> another call. Right, <laughs> right, right. So um, before we get into kind of what I want to talk about about you know the fourth Reich, the fourth industrial complex uh, revolution, I'll give a quick plug to Charlie, your macroaggression store. Um, anybody watching the video can see I'm wearing the Building Seven t-shirt official from the macroaggression store uh operation paperclip and i've got my perfect. operation paperclip uh baseball tee on yeah <laughs> which is going to be which is absolutely perfect for this episode because i know we're going to dive into all that stuff so anyways everybody go out and check out the store there's, there's great stuff I, I love the designs you know it's just it's just these simple phrases that kind of are conversation starters or conversation triggers i guess yeah, to for some people, people you know for sure <laughs> yeah if so, you want to get a building uh, a building seven coffee mug and keep that at your desk at work you know you can trigger some people to be like what is that all about like oh have a seat let me tell you <laughs> yeah yeah got a few minutes yeah let me uh let me let me get let me get your pill here so 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 anyways what i wanted to talk about um you know normally on my podcast i kind of talk about star wars stuff and then the real world um kind of af- aspects of it i kind of want to flip it around this time um to talk about a lot of this talk about what you hear about the fourth industrial revolution mm-hmm. or the fourth Reich or, or, um, you know, the world economic forum, great reset. I know there's a, that's a huge, it's a huge area to talk about, yeah. but, um, essentially what, what I wanted to talk about was, was the concept of world, what happened at the end of world war two and how that's kind of bled into 
our society now and our, in this, our society in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and, and what happened with, with Germany and, and certain people. So if you can kind of um, walk us through a little bit of, of what happened there and how, <clears throat> how, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, Germany didn't necessarily lose the war. It kind of splintered off. Right. Yeah. There's, um, you know, Jim Mars, uh, the late Jim Mars wrote a, a book called The Fourth Reich, and um, in, in where he speculates that the Third Reich didn't didn't completely lose the war, didn't fall apart. Uh, it was just uh, rebranded and relocated to the United States. And of course, I'm just uh, coincidentally wearing my Operation Paperclip shirt, as you mentioned. But it was it a lot of that happened under a program called Operation Paperclip, where the um, the United you know the the war was ending in '45. Germany was was getting it from both ends, um, Russia on the east and, and America on the west, and 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 as they were closing in on Berlin, deals were cut. And part of this was that uh, you know we had there was a, there were a lot of people that wanted the Nazis just completely slaughtered because of of how they had handled their end of the of the war uh, for the five years before that they they had been brutal of course and and so but America was less concerned with that because America has sort of a sliding scale when it comes to like morality uh, there you know Kissinger is sort of a symptom of that he's he's the type of guy that talks about things where he says oh yeah these people are savages but we can work with them you know it, 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 don't tell them the savage part but you know <laughs> it, it, it right. is like a famous quote about that talking about like the East Timor people uh, regime I think or no it was the Khmer Rouge um, but but when but America has this sort of lax policy when it comes to morality, we're like, well, yeah, you guys are a bunch of Nazi scientists that were doing unspeakable things, but you're very good at science, and we can hang you, and and that would maybe sat satisfy our our thirst for revenge. But why don't we just keep you instead? And why don't we make you happy? We'll give you good jobs in in America. That's stuff that you were working on. You guys were making a lot of progress. You're doing you're doing great scientific work. You're doing you're at the top of your game. Uh, but your current administration, the the Third Reich, is done. You're done. So you have two choices: we line you up and shoot you, or you come to work for us and we pay you really well, and and you can continue your work. So it's a no brainer, right? So America took a bunch of the scientists. Russia did too. Um, but that, the, the, the group that we, uh, inherited from Nazi Germany had a, a, a disproportionate amount of power. You know, they were really working on some amazing things and they, they, they wound up, uh, really getting a foothold inside the American government. They started the, they started NASA. I mean, Werner von Braun, who was a lead scientist, he was the head of the V1 and V2 program for Nazi Germany. He was brought over to, to, to start the, the rocket program for the United States. He was involved in, in all of those, those legendary programs, Gemini and Apollo. And, 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 you know, he was, he is one of the founders of NASA. So when people say that NASA is run by Nazis, is started by Nazis, they're not wrong. They're, they're, mm. that's, that's, you know, and if they say, well, I have a hard time believing NASA, you should. <laughs> they're pathological <laughs> and they're, they're, right. they're, they are not to be trusted at all. So, um, so we, that's what we did. We inherited uh, scientists and military uh, generals and people like that. 
and we incorporated their concepts and their some of their scientific discoveries into our way of life. And and in fact, they also in, injected some of their uh, culture into our way of life because there were you know I remember reading this that when um, some of the scientists wound up in America. The, the Germans were, they were asking the, the Americans, do you guys put fluoride in the water? And they're like, what? Yeah, and what? They, said, they said, oh, well, we did that. We, we would do that in, in back home because it keeps the population docile and kind of dumbed down. And we were like, show us. <laughs> how, how does this work? You know? So right, the idea right. For, that, yeah, that, for, sound, that sounds great. Let's do that here. Right. Instead of, instead of our, our governmental officials going, why would we do that? We don't want to do that. They said, "Oh, let me take some notes and then let's incorporate that in." And and there's a whole there's a whole backstory to how that wound up coming to be, but they were like, "Oh, you're not doing that? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing that?" And uh and so we we wound up incorporating some of their ways of thinking in, into our scientific programs and and culture. So it was a it, it's a very weird time where um where we are simultaneously saying Germany's bad. Germany's evil. They're the worst. We've got to destroy the, the this this Third Reich, and also, well, we don't want to destroy all of them. You know, let's take right. let's take the important ones and let's keep that. And and, <clears throat> and, right. and it's really a bit murky after that because it's kind of hard to know, like it's kind of hard to quantify how that influence of the Nazis works today. But I think it's fair to say that some of the intelligence agencies, like the OSS and and which later became the the was the precursor to the CIA, you know they they are incorporating some straight up Nazi tactics in their mm -hmm. um, in their way of operating. So so it it it's fair to say that uh, yeah I mean I think I, I, some people say that the the Third Reich never went away. It just relocated to various parts of the world. Some in in. South America, there's rumors of Antarctica, which I think is probably true. Um, obviously, America incorporated some of them. Soviets took took a bunch of them. So, so the fourth, the Third Reich never went away, and there is a case to be made that the Fourth Reich is the World Economic Forum. And when you mm -hmm. dig into the the roots of Klaus Schwab, who's Swiss, uh, his father ran a manufacturing company in Switzerland that was heavily involved in providing the Nazis with uh, supplies. So he had connections to the Nazi, his father had connections to the Nazi party. Klaus Schwab was born during the war. So mm -hmm. he was too little to be involved in that, but he later, uh, took over the company and, and then expanded uh, into, into greater things and then launched the World Economic Forum in 1971. So, so for, for those that kind of are jokingly saying, you know, the fourth industrial revolution sounds a lot like the fourth Reich. Well, they might not be wrong on that because right. there's a lot of overlap. Right, right. And, you know, it's interesting what you were mentioning about some of the Nazi scientists being involved with NASA because now you can kind of link a few conspiracies together, right? Talk about yeah. the moon landing. You can talk about them bringing their propaganda in. Uh, those two side by side, add it all together. Hey, we love the propaganda. Hey, we also love being number one in the world and being better at other countries. How can we meld all this together to prop ourselves up and also push out a, a, 
you know, a hundred percent media narrative around this. Hey, do you guys have any great ideas of what you did back in, back in Germany? Oh yeah, sure. Let's, let's do this, this, this. So it's, uh, you can, you, you, you can definitely start to meld all that together. Yeah, for sure. They, they, they got a, uh, you know, like when, when some people go to prison, uh, they, they call it like criminal university you know they come out better criminals i feel mm -hmm. like with with the you know after world war ii the the united states took all these these nazis and then incorporated them and then they became better criminals for it you know like they, right. they they incorporated a lot of their concepts and ideas into the way that that we do things as far as secrecy and 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 all of that so it is uh and, and you know the worst people too. <laughs> this, right, these are like right, the worst people right, you could right. you could bring in to influence you, and right. um, and yet we did because in in the end it's all about being in control. And if you have right. to incorporate and let some Nazis off the hook in order to give yourself an advantage, then they look at that as sort of like the cost of doing business. Right, and and I'll tell you, you know, I uh, I work in I work in healthcare, and I work. And I, ha and I have to, you know, correspond with a lot of uh, people at health insurance companies. And let me tell you, and I think this goes for a lot of corporate America, the more of an asshole, the more of a douchebag, the more of a POS you are, hey, you're going right up the ranks because they love that. They love, they love telling, telling their customers and clients no. You know, if you're good at doing that, you're saving us money. Our, our bottom line is, is, is through the roof. Our stock price is going up. You're doing you're doing great. So not saying they're Nazis, but I think the same kind of concept applies, right? The more of a scumbag you are, the more people can glean more more more, more scumbag tactics from that. It's very counterintuitive. It's the exact opposite <laughs> of how you would hope society would work. You hope it would be right. like good people, nice people, confident people. They go up to the top, but that's not how it works. It's it's no. psychopaths that are driven by a desire to control other people wind up finding them, you know, wiggling their way up to the top by right. stepping on other people or making, you know, claims or, you know, the psychosis of, of their, uh, of their, uh, megalomania, uh, makes them actually a better candidate to, to be in positions <laughs> of power. So right, it's really right. backwards. And, <laughs> that's, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm okay to kind of be in like a middle level. I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not, I, I don't want it for one. I don't want any more responsibility for one. I got enough else going on. And for yeah. two, I don't have that uh, nasty edge to me. Anybody who knows me would probably agree with that too, <laughs> to be those kind of people, which I think is probably a good thing. And that's why there's so many stories of asshole bosses, you know, I mean, yes. they make movie after movie after movie about them. And uh, right. you know, there are Lumbergs out there because they exist, you know, that there's, there's a, that and right. that's the type of mentality that sort of, you know, succeed at at whatever cost and step on anybody and who cares and don't ever say you're sorry and all that stuff i mean if you do that you might wind up being the president hey yeah congratulations yeah you're you're the you're the biggest a-hole yeah right right um so so a little bit let's let's take a little bit of a step back so right after the war ended um the the highly publicized nuremberg trials happened right yes. and i think i think the concept that a lot of people think of what happened. And I know from listening to your podcast and many others that, oh, well, we re they rounded all the Nazis up. They, they hung them all and that's it. So, so what, what, what really went down there? Was it only, it sounds like, you know, from what we've already mentioned, it was really only kind of a select few that they kind of, you know, hung out to dry. Like yeah. th this is, this, this is the guy, you know, don't, 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 don't put it on me. 
kind of thing. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was, in in some respects, it was a show trial because it was, it was, I mean, they did hang people. I mean, they did take people out back and shoot them after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were, there definitely were repercussions, but, but was everybody caught? Was everybody brought to trial? No. I mean, they, 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 they if you had, if you had, if you were strategic and you had something to offer them, I mean, if you were meaning, if you were a Nazi and you had something to offer the allies uh, during this, you could maybe make a deal and keep yourself alive. Um, and, and if you had certain skills, you, then you would not be, you weren't sitting there in, during right. Nuremberg, but um, they, they got a few, they got a few. And you know what? I mean, it can, considering that there's the, the new Nuremberg 2.0 that's being talked about recently, it's kind of important to remember that at Nuremberg, the members of the media that were facilitating this and were, were going along with it, they were taken out back and shot too. You know, they, they were, they were um, dealt with after this. So, wow. so the, the media, um, their role in this, uh, whether it be in, in World War II or, or in this current uh, COVID situation that we're, we're going through, the media better be very careful because these Nuremberg, if it comes back to that, uh, <laughs> right. they, they, they will be uh, on the proverbial chopping block um, and, and that's, so, yeah, so not, so to answer your question, not all the Nazis that were the baddies, uh, mm-hmm. were, were actually taken out and, and punished and, and killed or imprisoned for their, for their work. If you were really, really bad, you got yourself a job out of it. You got, yeah, you got promoted. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Joseph Mengele did not, was not killed at, at Nure- he was not put to death at Nuremberg. Right. Right. He, he, he lived a productive life for a long, long right. time doing science. Right. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's so disgusting. crazy. And, you know, one, one Star Wars parallel to the whole Nuremberg thing I've been thinking about recently, and it, it kind of has come to light with some of the new movies that have come out, is after the, well, the emperor, you know, he, 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 he ruled the galaxy, right? But he had all these contingency plans in place, you know, in case, in case things went, went, went sideways in case people turned on him, in case the empire fell. He, he enacted this thing called Operation Cinder, which, which what happened was if he died, it's almost kind of like you see in the movies, right? Like if I die, this magic lockbox will open and all these files are gonna be released, et cetera. What happened was after he died, he, he set this operation in motion to, to basically self-destruct most of the existing Imperial forces, except for a few except for those he knew were very loyal to him because he, he knew if there was some way for him to come back, he's going to need these people in the future. You know what I mean? So kind of a similar parallel there, right? Like um, these people still have an important function, um, but a lot of the other stuff, let's, 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 let's kind of make a show of it and kind of, uh, oh, it's over now. We're done. Yeah, dead man's trigger, even in star yep. Wars, you know, yeah. that these concept exists in real life. And uh and and they they work well in movies for sure right so so if you could look look, now let's get into a a little bit of the aspects of this of this fourth industrial revolution and the world economic forum's role and and you know one question i have for you is um when when a normal person goes is and i know you've mentioned this on your podcast before and and i kind of did the same thing to kind of see if i had the same experience If, if a normal person goes to the world economic forum website per se um and kind of dig, dig, looks around a little bit. It this whole idea of the fourth industrial revolution about technological advancement and this and that, like on the surface, it sounds 
it sounds it's it sounds like a good idea, right? Like mm-hmm. things being more efficient, um, obviously using some different automation tools. I mean, in every in every business, you know, in the business I I'm in, we always look for ways to improve things. I think everybody does. Yeah. Uh, so so can you walk us through a little bit about how, like, from your eyes, you, you see this kind of stuff? Because even for me, like I I I know that there's devious aspects, but even just looking at it on the surface, I'm like trying to discern what the hell's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like the argument that they use about a gun. The gun in and of itself isn't dangerous. It depends on whose hands it's in. And the ideas that the World Economic Forum are putting forth for the fourth industrial revolution, some of the concepts that they're talking about aren't bad, you know, and some of the ideas of, you know, we've got to, we've got to change the way we, we do things. Hard to make an argument against that, mm-hmm. but the problem is that it is in the hands of the wrong people mm-hmm. to, to, to begin with. It is, it is in the predator class is the one that's pushing this. We know that they have a long history of claiming and, per, and promising one thing and delivering something else. I mean, I, I would imagine that the advertisement for communism was pink flowers and plenty of food and, 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 uh, everyone, you know, out in the field, skipping rope and, and singing songs and doing all that stuff. And what do you get? You get gray Soviet buildings that look right. all the same and bread lines and babushkas and, and all of this shit. And mm-hmm. so the sales pitch is much different from reality. So right. when you read the World Economic Forum's uh, plan and you go to their website, it sounds nice but it is it also sounds like the it to me it sounds like the like what i would imagine would be the advertisement for communism it, mm-hmm. it's hey we're all going to live together it's going to be fine you know you'll you, there are some things that they say that obviously you know like you'll own nothing and never be happy and be ha- yeah, that's kind of like, be happy oh, about it yeah i'm sorry i don't what? i don't think so yeah i don't, I don't think <laughs> but, so <laughs> but but the ideas of like listen we're going to improve technology we're going to uh, Internet of Things is kind of a cool concept. All your devices could be talking to each other and your your fridge will tell your tablet that you're running low on this, that, and that. It adds it to your grocery list or your toaster's talking to your dishwasher or whatever. Like you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. So there are components of it that are not necessarily evil, but mm-hmm. when you put all of this together and you put it in the hands of of these, you know, psychopaths, Right. Then that's when everything gets a, a bit much. And and when you right. are when you are fully involved in the digital world, then whoever has the key to the digital world can turn it off, can turn you yes. off. And yep. that creates a huge problem when you're talking about, you know, like the idea of like we're gonna move to a digital currency. Well, is that a bad thing? No. We've got Bitcoin, we've got Ethereum, we've got thousands of cryptos out there. We've been using PayPal and credit cards. And, and, and so we've been dealing in digital dollars for a while now. Is there anything necessarily or inherently wrong with a digital currency? No, but it depends on what digital currency you're talking about and who's in charge of it. So if the World mm-hmm. Economic Forum is pushing, pushing it, no, thank you. But if Bitcoin right. is saying, well, or Monero or what, any some of these that are like, listen, we're privacy coins. We're, we'll make it so that nobody knows who you are. Well, I'm into, I'm interested in that. So right. it, it's, it just depends. And 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 when you're, 
I think that the the problem that I had the most with the World Economic Forum is that they have this tagline that we've been hearing a lot: "Build back better." Bill, Joe hmm. Biden used it. Um, Bur- uh, uh, Boris Johnson's used it. Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, has been saying it. I mean, the Queen's saying it. I mean, they're all saying it, right? Mm-hmm. And it is it is coming from the World Economic Forum: "Build back better." But the problem with that with that slogan is that it implies that you have to that that the current paradigm is destroyed because you have to build it back better. Right. It implies that it was there and now you've got to build it back. So what they've done over the last year is destroy society in order to build it back better. Now, when you dig into who the World Economic Forum is, you realize they're the ones running the COVID scam. They're the ones that created this whole mess. They're the ones that, that unleash that onto the world to destroy the world in order to then offer their sales pitch of build back better fourth industrial revolution. So it, it, is, it, is, um, it is a sales pitch for one, but it is coming from the people that have orchestrated this whole thing. And so it's right. very devious for the casual observer who doesn't know the backstory, doesn't know who these people are, doesn't understand how they're all connected um, through Davos and, and they're going, well, look, it's going to be all green and green new deal and, and, and zero <laughs> carbon. And we're all going to have uh, UBI and self-driving cars and it's all going to be great. And it's like, yeah, that's great. If you and I were planning it because we're right. not devious psychopaths and we would say like, Hey, we want to have all these things because they'll improve society. But what happens if it's in the hands of the wrong people? What if, what happens if it's the empire? that is right. building this. And then right. what you get right. is, you know, no more star, you know, uh, um, star systems will slip through our grip and stuff like that. And right. you start hearing these concepts and you go, and, and then you see Klaus Schwab and you go, shit, I mean, Emperor Palpatine, like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, central casting, you know, he's even got yeah. the accent, you know, I mean, they couldn't find a guy that didn't have the German accent to make it extra creepy. And he dresses like a cartoon, like a, he dresses like the emperor on top. Of oh, that. yeah. He's got that, that cult, that black, like cult like outfit on. Yeah, oh, man. Man, it, it's creepy. You get creepy vibes every time you see it. But yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I mean, they're, they're really good propagandists because um, that's why it's so hard, I think, for people to even wrap their head around it right because go to the website everything there's this nice blue right i, I know and i know a lot beautiful of beautiful website about right the beautiful website and then you see the color blue i know blue is always gives people happy vibes right blue compared to red blue always gets out a happy vibe and you know i was even reading some articles and stuff and it was uh well guess what what we can do is with your with your crops you know in wh- wherever part of you know africa or something where they want to do this you know <laughs> nice nice um humanitarian work Right. is we, we can we can put hook up all these devices so that we can predict the the weather patterns and in, in this and that so you know when to 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 harvest and when to sow when to to do all this stuff and it's like yeah on the surface yeah that sounds fine but then put, put that in a in a different template put that into like you personally right we can predict now like like the minority report thing right like we can predict that you're going to c- commit a crime we can predict that you're going to post something negative or we can pull something up from the past. So like when you put it in a personal aspect or a totalitarian aspect, we're give, they're getting unchecked ability to, to not, not just these nice areas, but every area, because once they have that power, they're never going to give it back. Yeah. Yeah. And we're starting to see that with, with 
um, I, I just had Whitney Webb on my show. We were talking about, uh, we know about DARPA, but there's a new, new uh, agency called HARPA that's coming out, which is health. It's like the health DARPA. Mm. And you're like, oh God. I mean, they're talking about, they're talking about not pre-crime like DARPA's working on. They're talking about pre-sickness where your body tells, sends a message to the computer that they're running or, or their, their computer says, oh, it looks like you're about to, you, it looks like you've, you're about to come down with COVID. So we're going to have to send you a message and, and tell you that you've got to quarantine yourself and, and isolate and everything. And it's like, you know, so it's a slippery slope. And like you said, they'll never give this power back once they take that. Right. You'll ne you'll never you'll never get them out of this. So it's a very dangerous idea. And like like conceptually, some of these things sound like just advances in technology. And not, we're not a, we're not anti technology. We're not mm -hmm. we're not saying like let's go be Amish or anything. But we're but we're, we are saying that w when it's when the technology has dual purposes and this and the secondary purpose is surveillance, then just know that if you allow them the opportunity to surveil you, they will surveil you. They will right. collect all that information and they will try to make some determinations about you based on the data that you're throwing off. And, and they may, and, and if you are somebody that is talking about the wrong sorts of things, they may say, well, you've just come up on our pre-crime as uh, as being a, a, a potential domestic terrorist. And so now we have to kick <laughs> your door in and take you down to right. jail because you may in the future say something. And that is straight out of Philip K. Dick's uh, the Minority Report book that he wrote, which was later turned into Minority Report in 2002. And that is, um, that's a that's a dystopian hellscape. And we are sprinting into it with the uh, assistance of these people at Davos. Right, right. So so what other, um, in, in addition to the World Economic Forum, I know they're kind of the, they're kind of the poster boy for a lot of this, but what other organizations or groups are, are kind of involved with this scheme i mean i it, that's kind of you know an open-ended question yeah. right but, but as far as this specific fourth industrial revolution i mean you know I, as, as i was looking through some stuff yesterday i mean even like all the big accounting firms right the big four accounting firms in the country are all are all um putting out these newsletters and stuff about the fourth industrial revolution so i mean it, it, when it gets to that level you're talking every level of industry and i'll tell you this 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 pamphlet I was reading, you know, trying to read between the lines a little bit, you, you saw a lot of interesting stuff in there because they were interviewing CFO, uh, CEOs and stuff around the country about how, 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 how willing they were to adapt to this, what they call, um, what do they call it? Like fourth, fourth economy, or, or I'm sorry, fourth industry or something like that, or industry for something to that effect. Um, like, like what amount of companies and CEO, CEOs are, are, are trying actively trying to adapt to this kind of stuff. They said only 10% were, and they, they basically kind of like wagged their finger like, well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, all, all, you, all you people that haven't really been preparing for it, you're really going to get left behind when it comes down to it because everybody else that's playing ball is really going to you know, have a leg up on you. And you can kind of read between the lines of basically saying, well, we're going to destroy your industry. We're going to destroy your company and basically take it over if you're not willing to play ball. Yeah, well, the the some of the organizations that are heavily involved in this, I mean, it's the it's the the same cast of characters. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation are extremely tied to them uh, through Event Two Hundred One. Of course, they, that you can see that Johns Hopkins uh, Medical Center is very much involved in this too. And people will go, "Oh, it's like a it's like a, a university hospital. Like, how bad can they be?" 
they ran the Guatemala syphilis experiment back in the fifties <laughs> where, where they right. gave all the people in Guatemala syphilis and then didn't help them and just studied and watched them get sick and die from it. And so, mm-hmm. so, and, and I will say with John Hopkins, they, they conveniently were probably the first organization to have a COVID tracker system built onto their website, you know, conveniently the very first one where you can look at any state, any city, any County, any country around the world and find active case, like, huh? It's almost like you had this already ready to go. Well, they did because they're the ones that ran the SPARS pandemic um, uh, scenario in 2017 that was predicting this thing. And then, of mm-hmm. course, again in 2019. And so, of course, they've got the first tracker on COVID deaths because they're the ones running it. They're the ones that are making it happen. They're involved in this. They are a deep right. state, dangerous organization. I will put Harvard, MIT, and Stanford in that group as well, and Yale, um, and, and and say that these these universities are very dangerous but beyond those those organizations just industry in general uh, that are that are helping the, this fourth industrial revolution the big banks the mm-hmm. big banks are integral for this they're going to be uh, driving to tech uh, you know the banking crypto technology component you've got um, you've got components and of the of big tech heavily involved. And we've already been seeing the blending of this with like Amazon. You go, oh, Amazon's just the store. No, Amazon has billion dollar contracts with the CIA. They're trying to get the Jedi contract, uh, surprisingly, uh, appropriately named the Jedi uh, cloud computing contract. They're, they're, um, you know, Microsoft has a deep relationship with them. Google, uh, the social media companies. So so big tech is is co-conspirators in this. Um, then you've got sort of the the or the operation that gets that's a little bit under the surf under the radar and doesn't get the attention that it deserves. And those are the think tanks. Those are mm-hmm. the groups like Council of Foreign Relations, Bilderberg, Atlantic Council, German Marshall Fund, Pointer Institute, the Trilateral Commission. These organizations. The, you know, whereas in politics, politicians come and go, these organizations always remain. And right. they take uh, people from varieties of different industries and put them in these in these think tanks, and they drive the policy from sort of behind the scenes. Um, and and so they're they're co-conspirators in this whole operation as well. And then, of course, you, you know, you can just go to the World Economic Forum's website and find their list of partners. And they talk about mm-hmm. all of them, it's the oil companies. And it's, it's, it's the worst corporations in the world are all partnered right. with them. You know what I mean? Like Monsanto right. and Syngenta and McDonald, you know, and Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and all these, all the, you know, all the bad groups right. are real tight with them. So, right. so this is, the what what the world economic forum is trying to put forth is a one world government that is Mm -hmm. the simple way to put it they are trying to create the empire they want the control over everything and when you have when you create this is the interesting part of it when that that they've never been they've never explained in a way that makes any sense but if you create they say well we're going to have a you know we want to have a one world government the Rockefellers have talked about this and Rothschilds and all these. We want to have a one world government with a one world army. Okay, let me ask you a question. If we're all under a one world government and we have a world army, 
who who's it fighting? You. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. That's exactly who it's fighting. So I am not of I am not interested in being part of a one world government. I don't like any government. Right. I want them all, uh, uh, you know, uh, ripped up and I want us to start over again because what we've got right now is not working for us. So, so it's just, it's, I think that, you know, you can, you can take a look at the world economic forum on several levels, you know, just in a cursory level, it's like, well, they're, 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 they've coming up, they're coming up with a new idea. Okay. I like new ideas. It's great. And some of their ideas aren't actually terrible, Mm -hmm. but it, it, some of them, some of them are terrible. And the most important thing is that it almost doesn't matter because it's who's in charge of the programs and the people in charge of the programs we know are bad. We know that we want nothing to do with them. They do right. not have our best interests at heart. They are looking to subjugate us and, 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 and depopulate this planet. So we can, we have to just kind of, uh, you know, I think for, for, for like the, the the normie out there that that is just coming to this information it might seem a bit i don't know it might seem a bit like conspiratorial or far-fetched or crazy or whatever and and i will i will i will acknowledge that that it it sounds it does sound crazy i mean these guys want to take over the world but that doesn't mean it isn't happening. You know, there's a lot of things that sound crazy that are happening. And this is one of them. This isn't unfortunately what happens when you get all these people together, when, when you in, in a, in a, in a, in a group and they start talking about the things that they want, the, the wealthy people with a disproportionate amount of control and power, they always want more. And you Mm -hmm. also have to remember, like we talked about earlier is that the psychopaths rise to the top. So in, in, in many cases, The people with all this power and control are also psychopathic. So they see the world in a predatory sort of way. And, and that, that means that if they're the pred, you know, if they're the predators, then we're the prey. And and, cause there's, you gotta be on one side or the other. And I don't want to be a predator, but I also don't want to get eaten either. So, (laughs) so it's, it's, it's important for us to kind of talk about this to counter as much as we can, the, the, positive public relations that they get because they control the media uh right. we, we need to count that's the, that that's with, the other piece of it too right their, yeah. their website their website could lay out hey we want to depopulate all that on on their main page but if the media says oh no 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 no, that's just a far right-wing conspiracy theory people will say oh okay well you know that that's right yeah you're a bunch of you're a bunch of crazy people and they do that the, the media right now in in some circles has people believing if you say the World Economic Forum is, is plotting the uh, fourth industrial revolution, there are people on social media that will say that's a conspiracy theory. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, it's on their website, you right. dummy. It's not a conspiracy <laughs> theory. It's fact. It's they're, right. they're the ones talking about it. It's so so the media <laughs> does that game where they they gaslight you and say, no, 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 nothing to see here. Nothing or 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 well, yeah, there was something to see here, but those guys are gone or those guys aren't involved in it. Or or well, you know, uh, you got to break a few eggs if you want to make an omelet. You know, they, they, there's constant excuses and 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 um, uh, for for their for their behavior. Or, or it's you know, there's nothing to see here. Don't 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 be. A, you're not a conspiracy theorist, are you? Uh, so, right. To, to calling out these people. Look at all the great work that Bill Gates has done. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh huh. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I I appreciate the the breakdown of this because I think. 
it's really important for a lot of people to understand some of that stuff, at least conceptually, right? I mean, everybody's not going to dig into every single one of these details, but I think just on a surface level, I think it's important to, to yeah. know this, this kind of stuff. And um, uh, before we end here, I wanted to share my screen and show you some, some interesting Star Wars tie-ins as far yes. as some symbolism and, and some other stuff. So um, if anybody has seen in the new Star Wars movies, one of the big things that, they, that happened was this new organization called the First Order started rolling out, which was basically the, em the Empire rebranded, right? No different than we, we talked about before with the, the Nazis have rebranded themselves in all kinds of different areas, the World Economic Forum, a lot of other places as well. So um, let me see, hopefully this will, will share here. Okay, so what you see here, over on the left side of the screen, and for people that aren't, 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 aren't watching, I have two symbols up. I have the Galactic Empire symbol, which you can see here. It's a very recognizable symbol. Anybody that's seen Star Wars knows what this looks like. It's got these, you know, six, six spires. Actually, if you look, it's got like six, 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 basically, if you go around it, uh, kind of, you know, not so subtle there, That's right? That's perfect, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then if you look over here, this is the First Order logo, this, this new organization that's totally not the Empire, but you can see it, it's, it's essentially the same style, right? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a six-sided, it's a six-sided figure, and then look, it's got like these teeth in here. It's just really nasty looking, right? So yeah. you can see how they, they basically rebranded themselves. And, you know, going to your, your point about um, the World Economic Forum and all these psychopaths, they had to destroy the current world. They had to destroy the current paradigm for it to, for, to build it back better. In the, in the first uh, movie in the sequel trilogy for The Force Awakens, they do just that. They basically destroy like four planets that house the government, that house all of the um economic strength all of the all of the the artistic strength all that stuff they basically destroy all of that so that there's really nothing else but them and then they essentially try to kind of build build it back so i think that's kind of an interesting yeah. interesting parallel there let's see what else i got here okay so um here's here's another here's another good one um yeah. this this what you see here this is a. Uh, uh, this is the the Jedi Order logo, and here's the Rebel Alliance logo, mm -hmm. and then and then take a look where they got their inspiration from. I, I just yeah. I just thought this was interesting. So you see the UN logo, and then I'll I'll tell you what, Charlie, I never noticed this before. The World Health Organization logo is just the UN logo with a snake, uh, and and the <laughs> logo is of a flat Earth. Yes. Yes. That is divided it's, into, I think, I think if I counted right, there's 33 different sections that it's divided into. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. That, that's, yeah. By, by accident, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, 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 they love in real life or movies or to, to make, they love symbols. Because right. there's power in symbols and there's simplicity in symbols. And you can, you can, uh, and, and there's something about our minds that we, it it sticks, you know the 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 concept of the of of you know you've got here up the 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 Nazi swastika, uh, which is really just a rebranding of of uh, of, of an older uh, you know Indian uh, symbol that had been right. used for years and years and years. And it, once again, it's it's another example of it depends on whose hands it's in. You know, the symbol right. in and of itself doesn't isn't bad. It doesn't mean anything. It's who's who's in charge of it who's giving it their energy what sort of is it a negative energy or whatever but but you you can't you can't watch star wars and not 
get Nazi vibes from it, oh, from parades I, and 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 absolutely. And it, you just it, you just can't. I mean, it it is it is designed to 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 have that feeling, even down to the coloring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The the black black and black and red is what yeah. is what you see with a lot of these logos or like this this white and black with all the stormtroopers too and and yeah what like what like what you mentioned you know in in the the, the force awakens first movie in that sequel trilogy right before they blow up all these planets the the lead general up on up on the stage here gives this speech that you could have if you would have put a german accent on that it would it would have been hitler's hitler's you know secondhand man it was it was like the most direct rip, you know, from that, from the Nazi type propaganda. So you can see where they're pulling from in, in here. This is my, this is my absolute favorite one. So this first order that took over in the sequel trilogy, it had this guy leading it named Supreme Leader Snoke. And he's this ugly, old looking, frail creature. And I'll tell you what, I, I put him side by side up against our good buddy, Klaus Schwab. I mean, come on. It's like... It's a little, it's a little too, too convincing. <laughs> right, uh, right. I don't even know if this was CGI. I feel like they just, you know, <laughs> they, just a, 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 <laughs> they just aged him up, you know, three more years. Cause I mean, my God, you said he was born during World War II. So he's what, 80? I think 85? he was born, I think he was born in 42, if I'm not mistaken. So 58, 780-ish. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's close to 80 now oh my yeah. god so you know another one of those like like henry kissinger right they, they never oh, they never oh, die oh this guy this guy doesn't need health uh, he doesn't need a, a life insurance policy he's gonna live to be 130 <laughs> I mean, you know it because these right they're always uh they're always up to no good right so anyways i kind of want to just share a few of those li- little really images funny. there so um so to, to close out uh charlie thank you so much for for stopping on. I appreciate all your insights about oh, thanks for having all, all, all the, all the, all the crazy people in, in this world. Um, I know it's kind of, it, it is kind of a dark topic, but I, I will say about your podcast too, you do add a little, you do add some good well-timed humor in there because you have <laughs> to, you have to laugh about some of this or you're just going to drive yourself crazy. It's not to, it's not to be disrespectful of it or anything. I'm not, I'm not laughing at, at people's suffering. I'm just laughing at how insane it all is and, and how right. we can rightly and accurately point it out and then and still have people go, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist or you're making this up. And it's like, it's, you know, so it, it's, I, I, I take it seriously. I think the, I take the information seriously, but I also know that if you, if you just work with this dark, these dark concepts over and over again, it will take a toll on you. So you have yes. to kind of have at least a little bit of distance where you can laugh at the absurdity of it all without being disrespectful of it. Or, you know, it's not to say you're laughing at victims. You're just laughing at how crazy it has gotten. It's gotten so out of right. hand. And, and, um, and I also find myself, you know, saying like, you have to, you know, you have to give these people, these maniacs, at least some credit for having the audacity to try these things and, and to, mm-hmm. and to put these plans. I mean, I have no respect for them, but like, you have to respect their, their boldness of this. And, and, and I think that that comes from, that comes from a psychopathic mind where, where yep. you don't, you feel like you can do anything. You know, these people feel like they can do anything. And, and in some cases they have been proven right that they can do just about anything. So, so we, we need to stop, um, we need to stop, you know, allowing these people to, 
to get away with this. We have to be, we have to recognize the, the plan that they have for us. We have to talk about it. We have to make other people aware of it. I mean, what the World Economic Forum has in store for humanity is nightmarish. And mm-hmm. it is being sold to us as some sort of savior. And it is anything but that. So it is, it's a conversation worth having the sooner, the better for people, you know, so that they can, they can start to incorporate this, you know, the the idea that, Hey, maybe these people aren't the good guys. Maybe these people are, are telling you what you want to hear, but as soon as they are in positions of power, they are going to now declare this the galactic empire and and, and do all the things that you've seen in the movies because that's what they do. That's what politicians do. That's how you, you know, that's how you, that's how you operate. So I think that um, to have the conversation is a good start for people to start Mm -hmm. thinking about this is really important. And uh, because if you have the awareness of it, it makes it increasingly more difficult for them to, to pull this over on you if you if you know what to look for so so you know i i'm i'm always down for for having the conversation about this because it's um it's going to become increasingly more important for people to have an education about who these people are because they're they're going to they're going to be they're not going away unless we get rid of them and the only way we're going to get rid of them is if enough people are on to their little game and and start waking everybody else up so if you're somebody that's interested in you know you really like this episode because it was like stuff you'd never heard of before like share it get the information out there the more people that start thinking about this and understanding this the better the chances are that it won't happen right because if we just pretend like oh well that's somebody else's problem or they may not get that far or who cares or whatever we may wake up one day and have you know and have stormtroopers uh checking ids before you can go in and out of the grocery store and that would be a real shame right and and yeah and and at some point is going to be a point of no return. There's no going back. So the, the the best time to start talking about it was, you know, 10 years ago, but the next best time, you know, is, is right now. So yeah. to anybody listening, you know, have conversations with people, you know, everybody, everybody has different, different um, takes on things and everybody has different ways that you can introduce them to some of these topics, right? Like you don't just go yeah. in and say, Oh, the celebrities are killing children like you you got to have a little bit of tact when it comes to that to that kind day of stuff one. you don't drop that on somebody <laughs> on day one that's for sure you'll break their brain <laughs> you gotta right do it you know right so so yeah it's definitely it's important to, to talk and have rat like being able to have rational conversations with people about it that's the other hard part too because this stuff people get i mean even people like that we know and, and understand and appreciate you can, we can get so hot-headed and, and bothered by it for yeah. good reason and that sometimes um, disrupts our cognitive ability to have those great conversations. So, um, you know, think think about these things. You know, you know, take notes. I mean, I take I take notes all the time because for me, I, I want to be able to re. I don't have the best recall, so I want to be able to recall stuff at, at a certain times. So, like, as I'm listening to podcasts, I'm doing research. I'm I'm taking notes of stuff. So when things and inevitably come up in conversation, it's like, all right, I have these bits and pieces to, uh, to you know, to 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 combat with. So, yeah. Well, that being said, um, Charlie, thank you very much. Um, where can people where can people find you and the content you put out? Yeah, you can find well, my website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. You can find uh, a lot of you can get to any anything I'm doing from there. Pretty much, you can get to the store. You can get to the where the books are for sale. 
um, and you can get to the podcast, Macroaggressions, which goes out twice a week um, in video format. It goes to Rockfin and David Icke's iconic platform, Odyssey and YouTube, although I just got a strike on YouTube. <laughs> Which is what's, what's new. Yeah, really surprised. Really surprised yeah, real, there. Real, real shock there. Uh, and then in audio format, it goes out through Apple and Spotify and iHeartRadio and all those platforms. And, and so I do two episodes a week. One is a video uh, interview and one is a monologue only. And of course, the, the, um, the interview that you and I did for, for macroaggressions is going to be coming out soon. So if people are interested in checking that out, you can get, uh, you can get sort of a double dose of this, uh, this presentation because we did, we did a, a similar one that we recorded, a, unfortunately a while ago, but it's going to, it's going to come out uh, pretty soon. And so people can check that out as well. Awesome. All right. Well, Charlie, thank you very much. And, and you know, thank you in, in advance for, um, the strike that I'm going to get inevitably on YouTube and social you're, media. So <laughs> you're very welcome. I'm sorry that my name is toxic, but uh, that, that just happens. <laughs> All right. So for, for Charlie, uh, my name is Conspiracy Kyle. This has been the Conspiracy in the Force podcast. And thank you everybody for listening and may the force be with you.